Hello, everybody. My name is Jay Cornell, and you are listening to Freedom First. Uh, here we talk about civil liberties and just how important they are to each and every single one of us. We also execute and invoke our First Amendment right to do whatever we'd like here. Sometimes we're just here to just chat. Sometimes we're here to talk about current events and offer insight to those current events. Other times I bring in a guest and we debate or we just talk. And that's what's important about this podcast. This podcast, we invoke our First Amendment to talk about whatever we'd like, whenever we'd like to do it, and just how important that is to our culture and uphold those values and and embrace them and spread the word of freedom, Uh, whether it just be through a lighthearted conversation about something that isn't involving current events or isn't on topic with with what's going on in the world, the craziness, no matter what what time you're listening to this. But I think it's important that we embrace those freedoms. And this is the place to do it. This is the place to say your piece. This is the place to talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Whether you disagree with anything I say or anything that my guests say, that's up to you. When we leave that up to you, it's your freedom to disagree or or oppose or boycott what we're saying it's also your freedom to get onto the twitter or get onto the reddit first and start arguing with us it's no big deal we don't care we don't mind we encourage it that's what this is about freedom first everybody thank you for listening to the podcast let's get into it all right everybody hello welcome to the broadcast once again uh, today we're going to be talking about a few things, a few things that are going on in New York State, how it's unfair to people, um, and why it's worrisome that our government is behaving this way when it comes to the coronavirus. Uh, and I and I just want to touch on a couple points today. Um, I don't know if the broadcast is going to be as long as it was yesterday. Uh, yesterday was about an hour long. I do want to try to keep these within a period of an hour, and I do want to try to post every day as much as I can. <clears throat> And hopefully this podcast will grow uh, even just outside of the campaign. I know I am running for office, but I think it's important that we, we, uh, you know, we, we stick to fighting for freedom, fighting for civil liberties, because now more than ever, we need to fight for our civil liberties. And it's worrisome that some people aren't seeing just how important it is that we how we hold this uh, heavy skepticism of our government. And some people are just not seeing how important it is that we, we have to we have to fight for those civil liberties. We have to make sure that you know our rights are being protected constantly, 24-7, 365. So freedom always comes first. Freedom always comes first. We need to end the lockdown. We need to end the lockdown. And it's getting ridiculous. Our governor back in April, beginning of April, uh, he said he literally told everybody that we would we would not get the virus if we stayed in isolation. Now they're finding that 66% plus of reported people admitted to the hospital are, are were admitted for the hospital because of novel coronavirus, COVID. Um, those people came out of isolation, meaning that this virus has been going around for a long time and that it's been passing from person to person long before April or perhaps even February or January, even before that. There's also some speculation, and this is disturbing to hear. There's some speculation uh, going around that uh, the virus may have been in humans for years. It could have been in humans for years. Maybe not in the U.S., maybe not, but it could have been in humans for years. I was, talk- I was listening to uh, Elon Musk talk about this. So Cuomo was wrong. Cuomo was wrong because he said back in April that, you know, if you stay in isolation, you will not get the virus. That is ridiculous. And in fact, you know, I, I'm tired of hearing people keep saying, they keep saying, you know, he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. He's doing a job. He's doing his job. Uh, let's not confuse a great job with doing his job. Uh, when, when a governor cl- back in April or late February dismissed what Donald Trump said, and regardless of your, your, your opinions on Donald Trump, there are a lot of you that don't like him. There's a lot of you who love him. Um, but you, you, this, I highly doubt that the president of the United States in the, in the time of a pandemic uh, does not listen to his advisors, Dr. Fauci or, or any other people, and try to close down the country. Turns out now Andrew Cuomo, after Andrew Cuomo called him a racist, Joe Biden called him a racist, after the whole left, liberal media called him racist for wanting to lock down the country and keep China out of the country and keep you know, immigration to a minimum because of the spread of the virus. Now they're agreeing with him. 
Now they're saying that might have been the right move to take. And uh, I think it's hypocritical when when Governor Andrew Cuomo, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio, they were all telling people, go out, go to Chinatown, go go take the subway, go out, go to your church, do whatever you want. They were wrong. They're hypocrites. I'm not saying that we needed to lock the country down. What I am saying is that they're absolute hypocrites for saying now that they need to keep the country locked down when back in February, in April, they said it was nonsense to even consider that. Now, Governor Andrew Cuomo is talking about uh, how he will not listen to Donald Trump if Donald Trump commands him or orders him to unlock the country. People are dying because of uh, people are dying because of this, dying because of the lockdown, not because of coronavirus. And also, I want to touch on a couple of things here. There are a lot of false COVID deaths. There are a lot of false COVID deaths out there. When I mean false COVID deaths, I mean this. Um, and again, I was listening to Elon Musk talk uh, to Joe Rogan. And for those of you who don't know, Elon Musk is very much involved in handling what is going on in our country right now. Uh, he is on the board to he's part of the committee that Donald Trump put together to open up the country. And, um, you know, obviously, Elon is not a, a, a right wing or left wing. He's very, very independent. He was an Andrew Yang supporter who was a very, very, very moderate Democrat um, candidate, probably the only good one out of the many who did run for the Democratic primary. However, Elon Musk said this. He said it's ridiculous, and this is and I've seen the same thing. And I'm glad that finally somebody pointed it out that hospitals are literally recording just about every single death because of coronavirus. They're recording it as coronavirus, heart attack, coronavirus. If you have coronavirus in your system, it is like even if you died because of a, a different condition. In different conditions. Say a guy like me, young, fairly lively, fairly healthy, and uh, I die because I get hit by a bus. They're likely to record that death as for coronavirus, and I'm not kidding. There are physicians who are feeling pressured to do so. People are lying about uh, coronavirus deaths. Yes, they might have the virus, but what a lot of hospitals, a lot of physicians are feeling the pressure to report that uh, th that death, that 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 case as coronavirus when it's really not when it's really not when it's really something else even in, in even in some cases and, and the cdc just dropped the amount of deaths related to coronavirus and this is why not because people are uh recording deaths uh due to a different actually it is that that is, that is the reason why so what you're seeing is that you know some people who 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 are dying just because they cough or because you know they they were thrown up towards the end of their life um they're going to get recorded as uh, COVID patients who died, even if they didn't have coronavirus, which that is happening. Physicians are admitting that. Um, physicians are trying to shout that out as much as they can. And I'm now getting very worried that these people are going to get shut up because you're seeing on Twitter and on Reddit. And I know if you don't like social media, it's fine. Ironically, you're watching this on social media and on YouTube uh, and, and Facebook. All these companies have been just, you know, they've been they've been purging the Internet of any opposing viewpoint, even if it's true, even if it's true, even if they uh, even if a conservative doctor or even a, a liberal doctor or a progressive doctor says that um, the, the WHO was wrong or the CDC was wrong. Those people are going to get shut up. And we're seeing that now more than ever. And our freedom of speech is greatly being limited, but I'm going to get into that a little bit longer from now. I'm going to go back to why people were dying because of uh, the lockdown and not just because of coronavirus. People are dying because of the lockdown because you're seeing more and more that people are becoming more and more depressed, more and more anxious. There was a, um, a video I watched today, terrible, terrible video, uh, but the message was great. Um, it was a father who 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 wanted to tell the world his story about his son, his son Hayden, who committed suicide because he was so he he felt so locked in within his home. And this father blames coronavirus. And there's people out there giving this guy hate because he blames coronavirus. The man's son just died. The man's son just died days ago, and you have people who are calling themselves the victim because he is suggesting to lift the lockdown and unburden people. There, thus, by his 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 way of seeing this is, if we get rid of the lockdown, you're going to have a lot more people. That, kids are going to be able to run. They're going to be able to blow off all the steam. They're not going to be so cooped up in their own homes. And unfortunately, that's why his, he believes his son killed himself is because 
all of this horrible stuff is happening in the world. This kid's locked inside. All he can do is play video games and get into arguments with his father and his sister and his mother. Unfortunately, that's what was happening. And even though he had a good day that day, um, he did something wrong. He was scared that his father was going to come down hard on him, and he killed himself. The father attributes that because of the coronavirus lockdown. It, that's that's not up for me to decide. That's up for a psychologist to decide. Uh, but um, I, I, I do I do think that you know there is uh, just by looking at the statistics, you're seeing a lot more increased. Uh, you're, you're seeing a lot more increasing cases of suicide attempts. You're seeing. Uh, more and more people trying to, uh, they're depressed, anxiety, the mental health, the psychosis of this of this event that has hit our hit our planet is, or, or not not just the disease, because the disease is not giving stressing people out. The disease is not causing anxiety. It is the lockdown that's causing anxiety. And yes, I'm not saying that there's people out there that aren't anxious about all this happening. Uh, but it is greatly affecting people's mental health, the inability to go to work, the inability to put food on, food on the table, the inability to uh, pay for your children's school. If you have, a, you know, if, if you have daycare or private school, um, the inability to pay your, your hospital bills that are disconnected from COVID. It's just the list goes on and people need to go back to work. And I keep hearing, you know, that. I keep hearing from people that, you know, well, well, the government should, especially from those members on the left who, who are saying, you know, we need to put them together another stimulus package. Don't worry. The Congress is working on another stimulus package. Let me correct everybody on this. The stimulus package was not meant to uh, – it, it is a Band-Aid for a very large room. And eventually every Band-Aid is going to come off. You can't just keep putting a Band-Aid on that wound. You have to, you have to sew it up and and expose it to the environment, air it out, and, and then it will heal. That's what we need to do. We need to reopen the economy, all right? And we need to let people create goods because without the economy open, while we're still in lockdown, and it is impossible to happen, by the way, you can't create nothing out of nothing. We need people to go out there and do things. Eventually, food the food supply is going to run out. Tyson themselves said that the food supply is going to run out. And uh, Governor, uh, Andrew, uh, who said it? Donald Trump ordered Tyson to stay open. You have farmers who are increasingly becoming concerned because of raising costs because they can't sell the product that they've been producing for the last year or two years or three years or whatever, so on and so forth. You're having farmers who are having to dump milk. Some of them who are saying to hell with it and just filling up bottles with milk because they need they need to they just fill those bottles of milk up and they just sell them. It is becoming more and more. It, it is just terrifying. I, I, the list goes on. Like I said, guys, the list goes on. Again, um, I want to touch on hospitals again. Now, this thing down here, hospitals are empty. That doesn't mean that every hospital everywhere across the entire state doesn't have patients to take care of. What that means is that there is a large majority, a large majority of rural area hospitals, and I'm talking about hospitals here in central New York, upstate New York, western New York, that aren't in large cities. When I mean large cities, I mean Syracuse, New York City. I'm talking about Buffalo, Rochester, Albany. Those hospitals, are, are some of them are, hit, are just at 50% capacity. 50% capacity. They were expecting to be overflowing, as the governor said. The governor was so worried that this whole lockdown is because of our hospitals. Our governor was very, very worried that we would overwhelm the hospital system. We were over, we were going to overwhelm the healthcare system and that there wouldn't be enough physicians and nurses and hospital beds to take care of all the coronavirus patients, the patients that were going to get sick. That's what he was worried about. Turns out in upstate New York, in central New York, in western New York, that's not the case. A lot of hospitals are not up to capacity. There are 50% capacity of what they normally do. They're at 30% capacity. Some are even less. And some hospitals are having to furlough their employees. Some of them have even gone as far to lay off their employees. And that means that's not just janitors. That's not just uh, you know CNAs. That is, that is physicians. That's what nurses. Those are RNs. Those are anesthesiologists. Those are, name it, they're, they're laying them off because they can't afford them. At this point, it, it, it is becoming, and this is, this is tying into why uh, people are, hospitals are falsifying um, COVID deaths. This is why hospitals are falsifying coronavirus uh, in situation. When I mean, when I mean that, don't, I'm not saying that the, the healthcare system is flawed, which, you know, there are a lot of broken parts of it, but what I'm saying is that in our healthcare system, we are seeing 
because they're, they're not meeting capacity, because they're not doing nearly as much business as they used to, they are, they, they are making the decision to either not admit these people or admit them and say, yes, this is a coronavirus case. Yes, this person died. Let me put them on a ventilator for five minutes and I get to collect $30,000. That's, that's what they're having to do just to stay alive. Um, like I said, guys, I've been saying since the beginning of my campaign, more regulation causes more problems, not just uh, economically speaking, but directly attached to the economy is the behavior and the reaction of every industry on this planet. If you regulate it, people are going to go around those corners and, and explore those loopholes. That way they can uh, make them make a buck, even if it's even if it's immoral, they're going to have to just to make ends meet. Um, it's time to reopen. It's time to reopen the economy. If we if we don't reopen the economy, we're going to see uh, it is going to hurt people mentally, uh, financially, uh, even even just you know everyday normal health. Not just you know not ignore the coronavirus. Staying inside for a second. Ignore for the, ignore the coronavirus for a second. If you are locked inside of your house, you cannot go outside to get vitamin D when every single day, I know it's snowy today, but <laughs> who was expecting that? 2020 really doesn't hold back. But anyway, uh, if you don't go outside, you're not going to get enough vitamin D. And yes, you might be able to take a capsule for vitamin D every day. You're going to have to appreciate that I have small children. Sorry about the noise. But you can't just, you, you can't just lock yourself inside because you're not going to get enough vitamin D. You can take a capsule every day for vitamin D. You can practically overdose on vitamin D when it comes to the capsules that you can buy at the supermarket or the grocery store or the pharmacy. It is still not going to be enough vitamin D as the sun would give you. The sun can give you more vitamin D through different – your skin absorbs vitamin D differently than your stomach. And then your stomach processes it and the liver and all that kind of stuff. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a, I'm not a pharmacist. So I don't know the, uh, the, the specifics on this, but what I do know as somebody who does care about my health, my wife's health, my wife is immunocompromised and my children. Uh, I do know from my research and talking to Dr. Mark Raymond, who teaches, uh, I believe some field of chemistry at Syracuse university, very intelligent guy. Um, and as he explained to me was that if you, if you, stay locked inside of your house. And if you do not go outside and, and lay in the sunlight and soak up the sun, um, it, it is it is a tremendous loss of a good resource that is free healthcare practically. Because when you do absorb vitamin D, that is one of the biggest deterrents against the coronavirus. And that is what the government has been disabling us from being able to do. We need to go outside. We need to be healthy. We need to go for a run. We need to go for a brisk walk. We need to be active and bad hygiene, bad um, inactivity, sedentary lifestyle is a greater risk. Uh, to, it's putting a sedentary lifestyle, which almost every American in the entire country is living right now is a greater risk to our livelihood. It is basically uh, letting our, uh, our our shield down, letting our guard down to this coronavirus because we're not keeping our bodies healthy. And that is a greater risk than um, being exposed to the virus itself. And that's just factual. What we should be doing, my recommendation, as is the recommendation uh, of several uh, nationally known physicians and uh, ironically, Elon Musk, and I'm going to mention him a few times, he is a very key, important key figure in all of this because he is on the board of, uh, of uh, that the president has chosen to reopen the economy. Let's not forget that Elon is a guy that puts rockets into space, who's developing uh, Neuralink. He's the guy that started internet banking. He's He made cars that you can just plug into your house. It, this guy's a genius. This guy's a liberal genius, and he is a multi-billionaire um, who, who is very well respected in the science community and the business community. And he has came to the conclusion that this is just like I have, that this is a, a civil liberty issue. This is not freedom. And if we stay locked inside forever, there's going to be more problems than the virus actually will cause itself. We are causing more problems for ourselves than the virus ever has. So we need to reopen up. It is important that we open up. Our governor was wrong. People are dying because of the lockdown, not because of COVID. Hospitals are empty. They're falsifying deaths. It's time to open up. We need to open up. 
It is absolutely ridiculous what we're doing to our own country. Daniel, you're commenting, the lockdown has always, <laughs> is and always had been about control. Yes, uh, actually at this point, after, and I didn't agree with President Trump on this. Um, I know it's, it, it is possible, but guys, by the way, to disagree with both Democrats and Republicans. I do it all the time. Um, I disagreed with the lockdown because of the, the, the reasons I just for, uh, aforementioned. But uh, I, I want to make clear, Daniel, your, your comment is, is, is very important because you, your comment highlights exactly what's going on. Our governor called BS on this virus back in April. And so did Mayor Bill de Blasio. So did just about every other Democrat in the entire Assembly and Senate. And so did just about every single Republican in the Assembly and Senate. We ignored it. And um, once the, we finally locked down, once we came around to it finally, our governor kind of stepped up and now he's soaking in the limelight like he's some god, like he's some miracle from actually doing his job. And you're seeing it in Chicago, you're seeing it in New York, you're seeing it in California, you're seeing it all across the country in every single county, in every single city, in every single government, that they don't really care about your ideas as a citizen. They don't really care about your um your understanding. They don't care about if you agree with them. They're looking for a compliance. And when governments are people are putting people in jail because those people are trying to keep their businesses alive, when the government is trying to put people in jail, it is putting people in jail for protesting, uh, invoking their First Amendment rights. When we put civil liberties behind us in our and we have a, a large majority of the population who are who are trusting the government more than the government trusts them then we enter a, a a realm that america has never entered before we have gone too far with this lockdown we have gone too far with restricting civil liberties we shouldn't have restricted any civil liberties to begin with it should have been entirely optional just like sweden has done and yes of course because sweden didn't go into lockdown because people were not exposed to the virus constantly of course people are going to the, the numbers of people who are sick are going to be much much higher and i want to touch on that real quick let's talk about uh italy let's talk about why just why did they have such a high death rate first of all italy overall is a population and I, I read this from uh, this is this is actually by reported by the WHO. Italy as a, a population has a huge vitamin D deficiency across the board. A lot of them do. And when we're still when we're still considering and I don't want to discount or or or, or 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 by any means, I don't want to I don't want to say by any way, I, I don't want this to be. I don't want you to hear this and think that I don't care about people because I'm hearing that a lot. Whenever there's an opposing viewpoint, whenever I say something like let's reopen the economy, the first thing I get is some, somebody who just chimes in and says, you want to kill people. You don't care about people. You only care about getting yourself a haircut. That's not what this is about. One guy pulled up a sign that said he wanted to get a haircut, by the way, and everybody's blowing up because it was mean. Italy had, unfortunately, people died. But still, even though people have died, the large, the, the majority of the population survived. And they, as a country, don't have a very – they're not very healthy. And I know that's very hypocritical coming from an American, and it's very hypocritical for Americans to say. But Italy is – it is is usually where all the older people from Europe go to retire, and as we all know, the the, the greatest majority. And, and, and by the way, the chances of you dying from coronavirus are astronomically low. It is unless you are somebody who is vulnerable to it. If you have a pre-existing condition, and if you uh, if you're if you're elderly, if you're immunocompromised, or if you're seventy years old. Um, just like Sweden is doing. They're telling those people to stay home. That's something I said from the very, very beginning. And unlike these politicians uh, who are just saying, you know, either that it's BS, you got some people on the right in Congress who are still calling BS about, uh, about this. You had the governor back in April calling BS and now painting himself as the, the most benevolent ruler that New York State has ever had. And by the way, he's enjoying that spotlight. Ignore my Disney mug. I love Disney World. But um, I have not changed my position this entire time. I have always realized that this was a threat. You can go back to my uh, podcast with uh, 
um, I, there was a, I did a podcast with somebody um, months ago. I think it was back in February. They asked me about the coronavirus. My response was the same as I give now. And this is the what this is what we need to do. It's exactly what Sweden has done. Give us the information that we need to get by. Give us guidelines. We will adhere to those guidelines. We are Americans. We will work through this. We are a strong people. We will always overcome any challenge that we are presented with. Period. And if and that's what I that's I didn't say exactly that. I'm paraphrasing, uh, but that that is what I'm saying now. I did say back then that we, the government needs to give us guidelines. We don't need to lock everybody down. Just tell us what we need to do. We're big boys and we're big girls. We can take care of ourselves. Uncle Sam, sorry, I got this. And for those of you who want to stay home, for those of you who are really genuinely, genuinely scared that you're going to come into contact with somebody that has coronavirus and you're scared that it's going to take you out of commission for the next two weeks or kill you, uh, I recommend to stay home. I recommend to stay home. I recommend that we... We don't allow companies, and this is another thing, we don't allow companies to fire people for wanting to stay home during this time. During a pandemic, of course, we want to protect the general public's interest. We want to protect the general public, but we can't infringe on our civil liberties. This is the United States of America. We have never done this in the past since 1919. We we, we shouldn't, even if we had, even if you're going to jump out of this video and go on Wikipedia and look up. Uh, some instance where the government tried to control the population. Sure, that happened. I'm acknowledging that, that that happened. However, it has never happened on this scale ever, period. Name a time when the government has told every single person in this entire country to stay locked inside of their home. Name a time. Name a time when this government told every single person in this entire country, regardless of what some public health officials are saying, to stay locked inside of your home. And that they're telling you that's the best thing that you could do when you have people like Elon Musk, where you have people who used to work for Dr. Fauci uh, being ridiculed by the leftist media. And the only person who has been able to break through any of that is Elon, because he's the only guy with a social media following that these other physicians and doctors and um, scientists don't have. Because and you hear it all the time. There's actually been a couple of journalists who have come and come forth and said, Look, we we have been told to to virtually just we we just spit out whatever you know they want to hear, and I'm not kidding about that. I was listening to um, who was I listening to? God, I was listening to some person who used to work for CNN, used to work for um, some some left media conglomerate, say that uh, up until recently that they told them to to basically give the reactionists whatever they want. And you're seeing that a lot now, whether it be coronavirus or the presidential election. Let's touch on the presidential election real quick, because we're going to talk about Joe Biden. The Democrats, and you can't you can't deny this. For those of you who are Democrats, you cannot deny that Joe Biden was the worst possible option for your president. I don't care if I, I don't care. I don't care. If you're a Democrat, you have to admit Joe Biden was the worst option possible. The guy clearly, clearly has some disability. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to disenfranchise his intelligence when it really comes down to it. I'm just saying the guy is not all there. It is painfully apparent. And you have um, like uh, you have media outlets like The Atlantic who are literally saying just stay alive, Joe. There was an article titled, uh, let me see here. Yep. The Atlantic, just stay alive, Joe. And they don't care if this guy is actually president. They don't care who is president. They just hate Donald Trump so much that they rather have a guy who, who seemingly has dementia run the entire country. They only care about the win. And it is, it, and this, and this whole thing is, is bothering me. And, and, and this is what I mean. The leftist media has been playing to this reactionary culture that we live in. What is a reactionary culture? Okay, when you have um, like a social justice warrior, that used to be the old term for it. Now people are calling them social, the, the, the social, the, the, the reactionist culture. Whatever the media can do, whether it be CNN or Fox News or The Blaze or MSNBC, doesn't matter. If they can get a reaction out of their audience, they will. There's there's no such thing as a Walter Cronkite anymore. There's no such thing as somebody who just sat there and gave you as it was and didn't lie to you, didn't blur the lines between red and blue, just gave it to you gray and gold constantly and had a thundering voice and did a very good job. 
And again, like I said yesterday, I, I, I consider myself unfortunate to be born into a generation of people who just have such thin skin that they are incapable of taking any other criticism besides the ones from anybody who is outside of the political party. And further than that, taking any criticism or, or, or listening to any different opinion that isn't progressive or is contrary to their current beliefs or is contrary to the beliefs of the person that they follow. I think it is very dangerous that we go down that route. And I think it is at its, at its core flawed and un-American, un-American. When you have the CEO of Reddit, by the way, the CEO of Reddit uh, has altered – um, has been has admitted that he has altered comments, hacked in, you know, gotten. It's not like he hacked into. He owns Reddit. He got into Reddit, changed the comment of a Trump supporter to make that Trump supporter look foolish or or like a pedophile. He has admitted that he has done that, and Reddit has been purging uh, Republican um, and conservative and libertarian subreddits. And Twitter's been doing the same thing, and, and and it doesn't matter. I don't I don't care about what people say. I don't. I don't care if you hate me. I don't care if you dislike my beard or you. I've I've heard some people call me Walter White. I actually think it's quite hilarious when people call me Walter White. You know, I, I haven't even watched Breaking Bad, but um, I, I, <laughs> I just. It, 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 I don't care. The freedom of speech is protected by the First Amendment, and the freedom of speech needs to be upheld. And when we have a society, and, and I know we should be talking about other things. We should be talking about other things right now. We should be talking about education. We should be talking about spending. We should be talking about military. When really right now, I have to go back to my campaign slogan that I had in the beginning of February. And I did this before any of coronavirus happened. Freedom first. Freedom first, period. We need to talk about our freedoms first. Everybody wants to ignore, and now you're going to see it more than ever. And I, I really genuinely hope that the economy is going to open up very, very soon. Um, and Governor Cuomo is going to take credit for it, like he always does, even though you know it was, it's going to be Donald Trump that does it, even though it's going to be somebody else that does it, even though the Republicans have been asking for it for a long time. The people of central New York as a whole have been asking for it for a long time. Hospital owners, business owners, doesn't matter. They've been asking for it. And Governor Cuomo is going to take the credit for it like some benevolent god. And all of New York City is going to say, wow, you did such a good job reopening the economy. Good for you. You did a good job. And I want to make it, I make it clear. He is doing better than expected. He is not doing a good job. He is doing better than expected. And to be honest with you, I was expecting a lot worse. And it still is fairly bad. It is still fairly bad what is going on. Let me read to you something. Uh, so if you go and you look up the New York State Constitution, yes, New York State has its own constitution. Um, I, I want to touch on subject nine, the right to assemble a petition, divorce, lotteries, pool selling and gambling, loss for fleet, blah, 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 blah. The, basically, the right to assemble and petition. And, and it's basically a, a regurgitation of the First Amendment within the Constitution of New York State. That has been repealed. Security against unreasonable searches, seizures and interceptions. Repealed. Common law and acts of the colonial and state legislatures repealed. The, it, the, and there's other things in here as well. Within Article 3, there's things that have been repealed. Now, some of these have gone on, uh, have happened a long time ago, and some of these are fairly recent. I do want to shed light on how many laws have been passed since Governor Qu has since the coronavirus has has happened. And again, Governor Cuomo is wrong. Governor Cuomo is wrong about just about everything he is doing. And some people will say, well, he's been very, very informative. Well, is he the news or is he the governor of New York State? Let me ask you that question. Some people have been saying, you know, well, I don't agree with what he's doing, but at least he's been very, very informative. At least he's been communicating with the people. Is he the news or is he the governor of New York State during a crisis? You don't see Donald Trump every single day for two hours uh, explaining to people what gender and ethnicity or or – or so on and so forth, these people were that died as a whole. He's not reminding people what day of the week it is. He's giving people the facts. He's trying to update people. And I, although I don't agree with Donald Trump on a lot of issues, on a lot of issues, I do agree with him on this, that we do need to open up the economy, economy as fast as we can. And we do need to take, we do need to, we do, we can't let governors restrict civil liberties, period. 
no governor should be restricting any civil liberty, period. If people want to go out during the middle of pandemic and, and start hugging people and licking the pavement, let them do it. It's their First Amendment right. Uh, I don't I don't care if you disagree with that. I don't care. That's the point. That's the point of the First Amendment. You have the right to say and do whatever you want, even if it's idiotic. Even if it's idiotic, as long as you don't steal or hurt anybody or threaten anybody, you're fine. Now, you might argue uh, you're threatening people when uh, you have coronavirus. You're threatening people when you unknowingly, asymptomatically have coronavirus and uh, you're spreading it to everybody and you get my grandmother sick or you get me sick or you get my child sick. Let me explain to you this. Um, well, if that's the case, and by the way, the, the smoking has still killed far more people this year than coronavirus has. And if that's the case, why don't we make smoking illegal? I haven't heard anybody say that. And if you're worried about me going out to spread coronavirus, if you're worried about me getting your grandmother sick or your brother sick or whatever, why don't we ban cars? Because there are a lot of car accidents every single year. There's about 40,000, 50,000 car accidents every single year. Uh, you're worried about you know people dying. Fine, let's ban swimming pools because people drown every year. Thousands die from drowning every single year in New York State. I don't hear anything about that. Uh, but we have this reactionary culture. Again, back to the reactionary culture. And uh, I want, I, again, this isn't new. This has been going on for like three or four years. I think it just started when Donald Trump got elected and, the, and people just became sissies and started freaking out about it. Democracy happened and people didn't like it. They just would, they're just willing to take any answer or any route to, so they can get this president out of office. They don't care who they have to agree with. So, of course, if you have contrary opinions of their own, they're going to try to shoot you down every single time. And I'm not saying that everybody in the left is an idiot. I'm not saying that everybody who who is a Democrat or, or voted for Hillary is an idiot. I don't believe that. I believe people have the ability to create their own ideas and opinions. And you're going to have to excuse me. We are all working from home right now, and of course, you know, I can't I can't claim the whole house to myself. So my my family is going to walk by every once in a while. They're going to be on the phone. Um, but. I don't. I don't think everybody on the left is an idiot. I really, really don't. I think there's some fairly intelligent people who are willing to take criticisms. Uh, I think that there are a lot more people on the right and in the middle who are willing to take criticisms and hear different ideas and talk it out. Um, when I was talking socialism to somebody, it's funny because I'll talk to two different people, and I'm not going to say names because that would be inappropriate. Um, because I think one of them, one of them is an idiot. I was talking to one about socialism. And he was arguing to me that, uh, you know, the, the Nazis weren't actually real socialists and that look at the Scandinavian countries and look at this and that, you know, and, and he just kind of told me, that, you know, no matter what I said, I'm wrong and I'm an idiot. And the only reason why I think he's an idiot, and this was an idiot, this is what an idiot is to me. An idiot is somebody who cannot hear a differing viewpoint and accept that people have different opinions and different um ideas and they can't process them. They can't actually critically think about them because guess what? I actually have critically thought about socialism and this is what I think about it. When you look at Scandinavian countries, let's talk about Norway, let's talk about Sweden, let's talk about Denmark. And I think Denmark, uh, the, the prime minister of Denmark did go to Harvard and told all these socialist Harvard students to their faces, stop calling us socialist because we tried socialism. It didn't work. We are becoming more and more capitalist every single year. Again, paraphrasing. That might be a little hyperbolic. But he did say stop calling us socialists. He did say those exact words because they're not. There are aspects of their culture that are socialist. They are a much smaller country. Socialism it does work on extremely small scales. We are a country of 350 million people. Do you know where socialism is happening? China. Is China working very well? No. Let's talk about other forms of socialism. Soviet Russia, yes, communism, socialism. Everybody chips in for the common good. Ours. That, that, that's socialism. Um, Cuba, they're not very happy in Cuba. Venezuela, not very happy in Venezuela. Uh, so why in the world do you think that the United States of America would be the exemption? When all of these Scandinavian countries are saying, we are not socialist, we used to be socialist, we are becoming more and more capitalist every single year. And that is true. And because of it, they have been growing. Their economy has been healing. They are actually more capitalist than us in many, many ways. Yes, they, they may have socialized medicine, and you won't believe how expensive a T-shirt or a gallon of milk or a beer is in Scandinavia. 
but where they are more capitalist in the sense that the government doesn't interfere with their farming activities nearly as much as we do. The government doesn't interfere with their nomadic uh, habit, habits. So if people want to watch the land and explore the mountaintops, they're not going to get pulled over by the police or, or, uh, or talked to or be, because they're sketchy. And um, you're going to have to excuse me. Uh, you know, like I said before, I don't own the whole house to myself. There are other people who live here and you're going to hear something else every once in a while. And that's okay. They're being very, very polite. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we just can't compare the United States to Scandinavian countries because if we do, it's just unfair. It's unfair to the United States of America because the United States of America is the, the greatest country that ever was or will be. And if you don't think so, I, I dare you to go live somewhere else. I, I don't I'm not telling you to. I dare you to. I dare you to. I dare you to go to the United Kingdom and tell me that our way of life is not superior. I ask you why all these countries are flooding into the U.S. Why would why do why is there more Irish people living in the U.S. than there is Ireland? Why is it better in Ireland? Arguably so, but we still have the best economy, the best opportunity, and we still have the the best defense out of any country in the world by far. Maybe we're paying too much for it. I agree with that. But we are the, the greatest country in regard to how free we are when we can say what we want. We can think what we want. And up until recently, quite recently, we have been told that is okay. And quite recently, we, we just we are being told we can no longer say what we want. And I, I, I do, I am genuinely concerned about the future for my children. Because as we go more and more into the internet, as we increasingly become more and more an electronic society, especially since Governor Andrew Cuomo is recommending that we just cut basically what he recommended by the recommendation of Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was we should stop sending kids to brick and mortar schools and we should start having them learn from home. <laughs> when we're talking about a society that lives like that, when we're talking about a society that is constantly like this, 24 seven, 365, and it's in, 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 by no exception are we not already there because we are, uh, especially forced into this because of the coronavirus. We are seeing companies like Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Wikipedia even chopping out parts of history, chopping out what they don't want to see, what they don't agree with, and calling it dangerous content. Now, I have, I'm always about big business. I like big business. I really do. I don't know where the hate for corporations has came from because back in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s, up in, I think it started in the late 90s, a large corporation was to be respected. A large corporation was something that we championed. We, 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 we championed big business. We championed the ability for a, a corporation to have many, many employees and provide them with livelihood. And I challenge everybody who says it's the big corporation's fault to – to 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 tell to give me an alternative that actually works outside of the system that we have now and i also challenge you to explain to every company in the entire country that is a billion dollar company why it would be better for them to operate in a socialist platform why it would be better for them to operate in the socialist economy because it doesn't i'm sorry to break it to you it doesn't work that way if you don't believe me, ask every Scandinavian country that is now moving to a more capitalist economy. Ask them why they don't want socialism anymore. And we're moving more and more towards it with the uh, – the only way socialism works – by the way, this is why it works on small scales. And this is why they're taking your civil liberties away. Social, socialism works on extremely small scales, like 100, 200 people, very small town or very, very small population. And socialism does work in Scandinavian countries where there are small villages, predominantly the population is made up of small villages of 200 to 1,000 people scattered across each country. So if, yes, socialism does work for those countries in certain formats, very, by the way, very, very small amounts of socialism they actually use. Um, but socialist healthcare does work for them because, or, or socialism period does work for them 
because they know everybody, because they can hold everybody accountable. Because if somebody's not chipping in, they can hold that person accountable. When we're applying it to a state of 19 million people or we're applying it to a country of 350 million people, then we cannot we, – we would have to police everybody. We would have to know everybody's business. We would have to know what everybody is doing every single day all the time, and I'm not about that because that's why they're telling you you need to give up your civil liberties. Listen to me. Give up trading a little piece of your freedom for a little bit of safety. And I don't agree with that. That's not the American way. That's not our culture. It never has been. It never will be. I reject that. And if it does come to that, I will be the only person fighting against that. If, if it comes down to it, I will be the last person fighting for freedom, constantly freedom first every single day. If I cannot say what I want to say, if I, this is another argument. And I hear this. I touched on it yesterday. When somebody says, you wouldn't shout fire in a crowded theater, would you? No, I wouldn't because I'm not a horrible person. But you should be allowed to. Let me explain to you why. And I and encourage you and I, and I encourage you and I give you permission to use this every time you want to debunk uh, somebody who says, oh, you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. You can. You can. You shouldn't. But you can. It is protected under, under the First Amendment. And here's why it is. It is OK for that to be legal, because if you do shout fire in a crowded theater, the manager is going to kick you out because you're an asshole. Excuse me, but you're an asshole. Everybody in that theater is going to hate you. Everybody's going to turn around and look at you and say, oh, my gosh, that guy was a jerk. And they're going to see you afterwards in the lobby and, you know, probably call you names. And if the manager doesn't kick you out, say he doesn't, or let's say that those people um, don't get offended, then there's no issue. But if the manager doesn't kick you out and those people do get offended, guess what? That's a bad theater. Those people won't go back there because they had a bad experience. The theater goes out of business. So what? It was a bad theater. Capitalism wins. Another one opens up great opportunity for that theater to make their mark on the theater industry. So you, of course, should be allowed to shout fire in a crowd theater. You, sh you should because of the reasons I just mentioned. Here's where people are, are, are using this argument. They're using this argument when it comes to coronavirus, especially in the instance of, you know, we don't want you to go out and, and, uh, and spread the virus if you are asymptomatic or if you are, uh, if, if nobody, if, if you just don't know that you have it, correct? They're going to use, well, you want to shout fire in a crowded theater because of protests. Yeah, so I did just mention that, I just debunked that, the shout fire in the crowded theater thing. But when it, when it comes to that, no, you, you are not in grave danger if I leave my house and I'm asymptomatic. I will remind you, and, and I know this might make you asphyxiated if you are somebody who gets offended by different forms of opinions and ideas. And by the way, I'm going to listen to the rules because I don't want to go to prison for doing something. As, I don't want to go to prison because I'm running for office because I have a family and I want to take care of them. And I can do more good from here speaking against this than in prison, than in jail. I honestly can. I, I guarantee you I can do more good speaking out against this from this computer than, than in jail. But the virus has a very, very, very low chance of killing you. It, has a, it, it is an ex extraordinarily low unless you are vulnerable. It, the, 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 the survivability rate is like 99.58 or something like that. Now, yes, people are going to die. I'm not discounting that this is a threat. But what happens when, and this is, this is a super virus in the sense that it spreads like crazy, but what happens when Ebola becomes airborne? What happens when that's a person-to-person -person transmission? What happens? When we overreact like this, when you have society, and, and I, more and more people are realizing how much we overreacted. I have a friend, Democrat, love him to death. Love him to death. I disagree with his political ideas, but I love him to death. When this started two weeks ago, he said, this is necessary. This is necessary. And he, we, were, we were friends. He disagreed with me on the fact that we need to open up, that this would get bad. And he also thought that we would be open by now. And I told him, you need to be skeptical, you need to be skeptical of the government. Now he came around. So did his girlfriend. 
So did his parents. Um, so did his sister. So, so did all of his liberal friends and so many other people. And it's not just him. I'm sure that you have friends like that too. You're seeing more and more people started to realize just how much BS this is. Like just, just how stupid this is. That we are keeping people locked inside because of the spread of a disease that has a 99.95% survival rate among the, the infected. Among the infected. And everybody's not infected. But let me remind you what the lockdown was for. It wasn't to kill the virus. It wasn't so we could find a vaccine in the meantime. It wasn't so we could find a cure or any form of treatment in the meantime. Although that would be a great idea. It was because we wanted to flatten the curve. What does that mean? Do you remember what flattening the curve means? The curve of people who go into the healthcare system. We wanted to flatten it. We have more than flattened it in upstate New York, in central New York, in another, the majority of the country, the majority of the country. Take a look at a map. Look at the defined geographical areas of our map. Hospitals across this country as a majority are running at 50% to 30% capacity. They don't have nearly the amount of staff that they have there because they're not making as much money. Hospitals are empty. Let's go back to that point again. New York City, I agree. It's a very high dense population. It is the highest population density in the entire country. And for anybody to say that, you know, there shouldn't be measures taken by government in New York City in, a, in, in an area that is so populated would be foolish. Do they need to go to the extremes that they have gone to? Perhaps not. I don't know. Nobody knows. And don't let anybody tell you that they do know because they don't. The governor obviously, obviously didn't know. Today, he said he was surprised to hear that 66% plus of all people who are infected in the hospital now because of coronavirus came out of isolation and have been in isolation either since or before he told people to stay inside their homes, which means that the viruses came, has been around far longer than that. So nobody knows what really is going on. You can't say Governor Cuomo is doing a good job because we haven't seen the job done. You can't tell anybody that they have, they're doing a good job until they can, you can, I guess you could in some, in some instances, but when it comes to government, you can't tell someone that they've done a good job until the job is done. Period. They haven't done any job or they are working on it. And you can make your own decisions, not based off the decisions of your favorite media personality, not based off the decisions off of CNN or Fox News. Or You can make your own decision when it comes to judging a politician. And I encourage that. I encourage you just to watch a raw video clip of them talking. And to think for yourself, instead of looking up who your favorite musician, who what your favorite musician thinks of them. Because I guarantee you, you'll think differently. I guarantee you. And you, I'm going to keep pounding it. Freedom comes first. That's the message of this campaign. Before we talk about economics, before we talk about education, before we talk about Medicaid, before we talk about anything else. Freedom comes first. And at the beginning of this campaign, I was referring to freeing our farmers. I was referring to leaving us alone when it comes to the Second Amendment. I was referring to cannabis. Now, unfortunately, I am fighting so we can, so we can invoke our First Amendment. So that we can protest, so we have the freedom to protest, so that we have the freedom to say things online without them having without them having taken down. Uh, so we can say things like illegal immigrant, which you know I don't care if you don't like the term. In New York City, you can get fined for saying the phrase illegal immigrant. We are becoming a culture that is silencing one another. Because we do not agree. This is not 1950s Russia. We cannot be that. It's unfortunate that I had to switch, basically, from the gun rights, teachers' rights, cannabis rights guy to the freedom of speech guy. 
to the freedom to protest guy, the freedom to go outside guy, the freedom, the freedom to take your daughter to the park guy. That's who I had to turn into because nobody else is doing it. There is no other candidate in this race right now. I'm sorry, but there isn't anybody who is as irritated as I am. And if they are, they're doing an awfully good job at containing themselves, and they shouldn't be, if they're, especially if they're an elected official, especially if you're sitting on a school board, especially if you're sitting in the assembly, especially if you have a platform and you, you need to connect with your audience and, and, and tell them that this is not okay. You need to contact with the governor. You need to you need to write letters, not not just writing letters, but calling his office. You need to reach out to everybody in his campaign team. You need to reach out to everybody that you possibly can to try to fix this, to try to stand up for your community and say this is not okay. We can't accept this. We won't accept this. We won't accept this. The job of the governor is to listen to his constituents, not just in New York City, but also in upstate New York. And he is not doing that. So freedom always comes first. Always. First and foremost, we, the people of the United States of America, that is what this is about. It's about the United States Constitution. In order to perform a more perfect union, <laughs> when did we forget? When did we forget? It's depressing. I hope everybody's doing well. I don't I, I hope that nobody takes what I say as an encouragement to to risk your life as encouragement to 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 offer yourself jail I, I don't want anybody going to jail I hear I really don't guys but we have to in the best way we can protest and for those of you who have been very brave who have got out onto the streets of Albany and your hometowns, New York City, I salute you because that takes enormous bravery. That takes enormous heart to, to know that you are risking jail time, to know that you are risking uh, being ridiculed socially. And I, I, I applaud you for your bravery. And I appreciate your, your, your patriotism. And for those of you who don't, for those of you who do not appreciate the First Amendment, for those of you who do not appreciate the Second Amendment, for those of you who rather argue about what those mean than actually follow them, we have no, – and this is another thing. When we're talking about the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, before all of this, we were just talking about how to interpret the Second Amendment. Now we are interpreting the First Amendment. We have known for 200 freaking years exactly what those things meant. 250 freaking years. We have known what the first and second amendment meant without question, without interpretation. It was like as if Thomas Jefferson carved it into a freaking stone. It's as if, you know, if you even asked, how do you interpret the first amendment? How do you interpret the second amendment? If you ask Thomas Jefferson that question, if you ask Ben Franklin, you'd be like, are you that dumb that you don't understand what this means? It means without infringement, we have the right to assemble on public land. We have the right to speak our minds on whatever we want, no matter who gets offended, no matter who doesn't like it. We can say whatever we want. And the Second Amendment the right for the people to keep to, – to form a regulated militia and to keep and bear arms. We as a people are allowed gun rights. We are allowed our freedom of speech. And I'm even now, unfortunately – unfortunately now I am moving 
to just simply fight for the First Amendment. Because we, we are now, like I said before, guys, we were interpreting what the Second Amendment was. Now we're interpreting what the First Amendment is. And, and, and now I have to fight for both because nobody else is. So I hope you guys are all doing well. Like the page. Leave a comment. Share the video. This is the podcast. All right, guys. Thanks. We did it. We did it. We made an hour. Or we made 58 minutes. We made 59 minutes. We made an hour. We did a good job. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic evening. Stay safe. Uh, community is more important now than ever. Reach out to your neighbor. Reach out to your family. See if they need something. You know, love one another. Talk to you all later.